you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, and you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. I'm your host today, Will Addison. I'm glad that you're with me. Psalm chapter 115, starting at verse 1, it says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Because of your loving kindness, because of your truth, why should the nation say, where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hand. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. Those who make them will become like them. Everyone who trusts in them. Our God is in the heaven and he does whatever he pleases. Today, God is and has always been on the throne. And so we praise him today. Today, man, it's going to be a good day. I want to talk to you about uh, something specifically. Um, but before I get to that, I want to make sure I make these announcements that I usually make on Wednesdays with Will. Uh, first of all, you can email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. You can follow us on Facebook and on YouTube, search Airing the Addisons. Uh, you can watch the broadcast live if you would like to do that. Also, again, the dates for the MFL 23 conference July 6th to the 8th. So mark your calendars. Get off from work or whatever you need to do. Plan, you know, to extend your July 4th holiday (laughs) by coming and joining us for the Marriage Family Life Conference um, 23, 2023, July 6th to the 8th. And I will let you know about registration that's coming up real soon. We'll we'll let you know exactly when it it opens up. Uh, It's just going to be a great time. Please, please pray for us as we plan as we seek the Lord for the speakers that he desired to be here, we have a great lineup already. Man, it's going to be a great time. I'm just looking for every opportunity that we can get to encourage the body of Christ. Every opportunity. As we have these, uh, as we live in these days and we see the things going on in our day, we should always seek to encourage one another. And the Marriage Family Life Conference has served to be an event that uh, encourages the body of Christ, the whole family, the whole family. So we're excited about that. We're going to have more news about that coming up. But just make sure you mark on your calendars July 6th to the 8th, 2023, in Tupelo, Mississippi, for the Marriage Family Life Conference. All right. Well, today, we're going to talk about being ambassadors for Christ. 
being ambassadors for Christ. And you know, for the Christ follower, um, this is not our final home. This is not our final destination, right? So we can't get so caught up in the trappings of this world that we miss our opportunities of effectiveness on behalf of the kingdom of God. You know, we all are human. We have these lives. We have things that we have to take care of. But we can't let those things have us, right? We can't have our treasures here on earth, that the most important things are the here and the now, because there's much, much more uh, in store for those who trust him. So this is not our final destination. This is not our home. Uh, we live in this tension uh, in this world as believers. So we go through life with the realization that this is not where we uh, truly want to be. For the Christ follower, we'd rather be in the presence of Jesus rather than in the corruption and the wickedness that we face every day in this world. And so we have that tension. We're like, man, as we gaze upon what's happening, the stories that we read and the things that, that are going on, even in our personal lives, we're like, man, Lord, to be with you. But God has a mission for his followers to do. There's a kingdom mission. There's a reason why we are here. And so there shouldn't shouldn't be a discouragement in that way because if we're on mission, then we're understanding that God has us here for a purpose. But this is a right tension that we have uh, for we are not to become comfortable in our current surroundings. This is not easy to do. It's easy to become comfortable in, in our current surroundings, especially in America especially in the country uh, that God has placed us in. God bless America, but it's not easy being a committed Christ follower in a land with so much at our fingertips. There's always temptations to do this and do that and to to be involved in this and to put our affections here and there. There's, There's so much plenty here and praise God for it. You know, and I think we're experiencing now you know, um, just some leaner times. But, man, for the most part, this, is, this, this has been a comfortable place to be. Even if you consider, you know, and compare to other nations, America is still heads, heads, uh, above, heads and shoulders above the rest, like as far as being a place where people are still trying to get to. Why are we having these problems at the border? It's because people are trying to get into this country. If this country was so bad, I don't think people would be trying to, Come here, right? But we have a blessed country. But for the Christ follower, we can't be consumed in the things that we have here. It's a tension, you know, that there's a tension there. But we have to be on guard. It's not easy being dependent on God when we have crutches for everything. We have crutches for everything. You know, one of the things, this may seem simple, you know, when there's a sickness going on, like a cold and things like that, like Miki's fighting something right now, you know, I make it a point to pray. I'm like, let me pray. In addition to the medicine and all that stuff that we take, man, we can't forget the God who heals. He is the same God. I don't care what people have told you that God don't do this today. I know that God is a healer. He's a healer. And so if it's the common cold or if it's cancer, God is a healer. And so as we uh, encounter these things, we have to pray. We put our confidence and trust in God 
not in medication, not in the things that man has conjured up. While we use these things, God is blessed with wisdom. Man, that's not the first thing. We, we need to make sure that we're praying for our families, praying for our loved ones. Like I said, if you, even if it's just a cold, my kids will tell you, I go get the oil out of the pantry <laughs> and I put it on their forehead, you know, and I pray. God heal them, touch their bodies. Because look, we live in this world, we have so many crutches, we can just be like, man, just go get an aspirin. Just go do this. And, you know, a lot of times we do that. But I just want to submit that we have to trust in God. And in the form and the way that we show that we trust in God is when we encounter these things, we pray. And if we need to have medicine and things like that, we take it afterwards. But, man, let's, let's not forget God. Let's not forget God. So it's hard to be dependent on God when we have so many crutches for everything else. Our faith in God uh, to do things beyond our control is so low. Honestly, we don't really, at our core, believe we really need God. That's the problem. We live like we don't need him. But we need him in our everyday affairs. We would never say, oh, God, I don't need you. I got this. I can figure this out all by myself. I know what to do. We would never say that. But we live like that. We live that way. And so, man, this is, this is something that we have to come uh, to terms with. We have to look in and say, Lord, am I trusting you? Do I rely upon you? Or do I feel like I can do things on my own? A lot of times, again, we live as if we don't need God. But we are, are, are sent here. We are here as strangers. We're here as, as pilgrims. We can't be tied down uh, to this world. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshy lust, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. So we are strangers. We are aliens. We are not of this world. Even though we are here, this is not our home, right? And so we have to understand this. We have to understand this. Also, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even uh, to subject all things to himself. For our citizenship is where? In heaven. This, is, this, this could be a hard thing for us to grasp because we, all we know is this world, this earth that we have been born into. But man, being in Christ, and we're going to talk about this a little later, we are citizens of a different place. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are, part, we are a part of the kingdom, the kingdom of the living God. And so while we are here, we are here for a mission. We are here for a purpose. But we are not here to join ourselves to the cultures and the ways of this world. We are here to be a light and an impact while in this world. 
because our home is somewhere else. Our citizenship is somewhere else. We are looking forward to being somewhere else for eternity. But while we're here, we're productive. We're doing what he called for us to do. Jesus, speaking to his followers, said, If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. So he's given us the game. He's given us the reason. The world is never going to love us. As a matter of fact, the world is going to hate us because we are not of this world. We have to understand this. I have to understand this. We all, as Christ followers, have to understand this. We are not of this world. Then he says, remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. These are the things that we have to come to terms with. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated our Savior before it hated us. If we were of the world, the world would love its own. We know this to be true. We know this to be true because everything that we stand for, everything that we say, what we believe, is go, it goes contrary to this world system. So they hate us. And it's, the hate is going to grow more and more in the days ahead, in the, the years ahead, in the times ahead in America. We see this happening all across the world, that there's hatred for the people of God. Be, not because of us, really but because of God, because of the conviction that comes through the Christ follower, the conviction in the word of God, the world hates it. So we have to accept that. But we've been placed here for a reason, for a purpose. God has us here for his ultimate mission. And we're going to talk more about that. But we have been placed here as foreigners, as strangers, as aliens in this land. But while we're here, we're going to light up the darkness. While we're here, we're going to occupy till he comes. While we're here, we're going to make gains for him and for the kingdom of God. This is our call as believers. This is our call as believers, not to be intertwined with the world and caught up with the things of the world. But while we're here to be productive for the king. This is Aaron Addison's here. We'll be right back after this it's nothing new under the sun it's nothing new under the sun yeah. the sun makes all things new yeah you know it's the sun makes all things new Turn me up, it's nothing new under the sun yeah. it's nothing new under the sun oh, let's go. the sun makes all things new this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will. I'm glad you're with me today. That's Under the Sun by J. Will Music. Uh, we're talking about being ambassadors for Christ, and we just went through some scriptures uh, speaking about uh, how we're not from this 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 place. You know, we are not citizens here. Um, we are. We have our final resting place somewhere else. In heaven, in glory, you know, we are aliens and strangers in this land. Um, Jesus, when he was praying for his disciples in John chapter 17, 
uh, verse 15 through 18, he says, I do not ask uh, you take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Then he says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So we are here as aliens, as strangers on a mission, right? These, these scriptures, um, they, they, they highlight for us what ambassadors do. They're, the ambassadors are not from the place where they're serving. They go to another country, another land, and they represent the land that they, of, their, of their home, of their origin. So they, they're going because of the interest of where they come from. They're going on behalf of their king or their president or their government to another land for the interest of their land. And so we are here as ambassadors for Christ, not on our own behalf, but on behalf of the kingdom of God. And God has a mission that he has for all of us who are in Christ. So you get the sense here that we have a purpose, we have a specific mission, a heavenly mission. The Hebrew writer, uh, when he was talking about those who died in the faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 to 16, said, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers, here we go again, they were strangers and exiles on the earth, strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had an opportunity to, to return. But as it, as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. But again, exiles, strangers on this earth, that's what we are. Man, if we can understand this, we will live a whole lot uh, uh, differently. We will live differently. We will live in a way that shows that we're not tied down to this place. But again, we see that our time here is to be productive for God's kingdom where our citizenship lies. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, he said, no soldier in active service, entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. Some translations, some uh, versions say um, civilian affairs. Some versions say uh, civilian affairs. So that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. No one in active service, in active service. So we are all supposed to be in active service for the Lord. So no one, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. Wow. Now we have things we have to take care of. And we know we have families, we have jobs, we have all of that. But there's so many other things that we entangle ourselves with that we should not be entangled with. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlists him as a soldier. The number one, the soldier is on a mission. 
we are on a mission here. We are not just here kind of gliding through life. We have been captured by Christ. Therefore, we have a mission that we're on to see others captured by him as well. So the soldier is on a mission. Number two, being on a mission means uh, not being entangled by the affairs of everyday life. So if you're on mission, if you're on task, you're not entangled by everyday life, by the cares of this world. Man, this is something that we have to examine as Christ followers. Are we entangled with the affairs of this world? There are some things in my life I look at them like, man, I don't really need that or to be doing this. This is taking time away from the mission. I have those things in my life. And so what we have to do is submit those things. We have to prioritize what is important. And the extra stuff, man, we need to cut off. See, this is a different mentality. He's talking about a soldier. The civilian, they can be in civilian affairs. There, there are certain things that civilians can do. Man, soldiers had to be more disciplined. They can't do this. They got to get up hit this time. They got to go to bed this time. You know, lights out. You know, there's certain things that they have to do, certain tasks that the civilians, man, you don't have to worry about that. So when we see it this way, this life we're living in Christ, there's some things that are hanging on to our lives that should be cut off. So being on mission means not being entangled by the affairs of everyday life. Number three, not being entangled pleases the one. It pleases the one he's been enlisted by. So not being entangled by the cares of this life pleases the Lord. That's who we are representing, right, as a soldier. So it pleases the Lord that we don't, we not, we're not entangled by the, the everyday affairs of life, that, that those things don't consume us. Lord, help us. Help us as believers to get to the point where we treasure your things more than the things of this world. Lord, help us. God, help us. We need your help because, God, we're so distracted. There's so many things that we put before you. Oh, God, I pray that you will show us these things and that you will help us, oh, God, to not place these things before you, God. We need you. Help us, oh, God, to be on mission. Help us to be on task. Your word says that no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Lord, we desire to please you, so help us specifically to, to, to see those civilian affairs, those, those everyday life things that we're entangled with, lay them before you, God, that we can please you as the soldiers that you call for us to be, in Jesus' name. So we are here for a purpose. So as soldiers, what is our mission? Well, our mission is simply to know him. And to make him known, we ought to know him for ourselves in an intimate way. And we ought to make him known to others who don't know him. We represent God with our lips and with our lives. We represent God with our lips and our lives. What are some of the things that may entangle us? Some things that we may find have a grip on us, you know, that kind of distracts us from the mission. 
It could be entertainment. I know right now, big time, it's football season, it's basketball time, you know, sports and things like that. Am I saying that we can't watch sports? No. But if that stuff is consuming the time and, and, and whatever it takes, you, you're going to, like, watch this game. We have to survey those things. I was told uh, this, this week, I was talking to a friend and, uh, about, about, a foot, about football, and she said, you know, um, she heard of a pastor who, when his team lost on Saturday, he was not able or he couldn't preach on Sunday. He was so upset. I said, wow. I said, wow. He was so upset because of the losing the game on Saturday that he couldn't preach on Sunday. That's something wrong there. That's a civilian affair that has a lot of weight in this pastor's life. Those type of things, man, that's idolatry. That gets us off mission. So if I'm in his church and I find out that's the reason why my pastor is not preaching, man, it's time for me to roll out or, or at least have a conversation with him. But, man, if, it's, if this is the feature of the church, hey. <laughs> so it could be entertainment. It can be uh, making money, right? That could be something that we're so involved in making money and engrossed in that that we miss all type of other things because we got to be on it. We got to find the next hustle, you know? Man, civilian affairs. Is making money bad? No. But we, we can't let money make us success in our careers. That could be something that's a civilian affair that it consumes us so much that this is all that's on our minds. How can I climb the ladder? How can I get to the next spot? Civilian affairs. So much so that we don't care about others, even willing to step on other people so we can get to where we get to. Political aspirations or just politics in general. That could be a civilian affair. If that has gripped our hearts more than God has, that can be a civilian affair and something that we've been entangled with. Again, is being informed about politics wrong? No, we should be. But that stuff can't have us. Material things, you know, got to have the next this, got to have the next that. Those things we can be consumed with, consumed with, entangled by these things. It's not pleasing to the one who has enlisted us. We have to be sure that we are on mission for the king. We are soldiers on a mission and also ambassadors for the kingdom of God. And you know, the way we can live in this world yet not get entangled by everyday life or civilian affairs, there's a way that we can live in this world. And all the things and responsibilities that we have to do, we can live in this world yet not be entangled by civilian affairs. As if we embrace our call as ministers of reconciliation and ambassadors for Christ. If we embrace our call as ministers of reconciliation and ambassadors for Christ, that would help us not to be entangled by the cares 
of this world. It, it, it will kind of guard us because we'll be on mission. You know, we, we won't be uh, tossed here and there and, and gravitating towards this dead work and that dead work. Our mind will be mission-minded because we're like, man, I'm representing a king, an ambassador, an ambassador. So generally speaking, an ambassador is a respected official acting as a representative of a nation. Sent to a foreign land, the ambassador's role is to reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him authority. Let me say that again. The ambassador's role is to reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him authority. For early Christian readers, an ambassador was someone who represented one state or land to another. They were official representatives of the one who sent them and were therefore to be treated with the utmost respect. It was a well-known title, one that carried a great deal of respect and dignity, and that warranted great decorum on the part of the ambassador, the sender and the receiver. So by ambassadors of Christ, Paul meant that Christians should see themselves as representatives of God and were to behave accordingly. They had an important job to do, to showcase Christ and deliver his message so others could know him too. Ambassadors for Christ. You know, there's a, a scripture, a set of scriptures in, in, in 1 Kings um, chapter 5, verse 1 through 12, and you get a chance, uh, you should read that. But it kind of gives uh, a picture of, you know, what an ambassador did. And if I can, I'm going to turn to it. I'm going to uh, kind of talk about that. Because I think we need to see how this thing worked. Now, in, in 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 through 12, it says, Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon. So he sent his servants, or these representatives of his kingdom, to Solomon. And when he heard that they had anointed him king in the place of his father, for Hiram had always been a friend of David. Then Solomon sent word to Hiram, saying, You know that David, my father, was unable to build a house for the name of the Lord, his God, because of the wars which surrounded him, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord, my God, has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. Behold, I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord, my God, as the Lord spoke to David, my father, saying, your son, whom I will set on your throne, on your throne in your place, he will build the house for my name. Now, therefore, command that they cut for me cedars from Lebanon and may and my servants will be with your servants. And I will give you wages for your servants, according to all that you say, for, you know, that there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. I'll stop right here. We're going to pick up when we come back. We're talking about being ambassadors for Christ. We'll be back right after this.
This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, listening to Wednesdays with Will. That's Jonathan McReynolds with Not Lucky, I'm Loved. And we're talking about being ambassadors for Christ. Uh, I was reading uh, the uh, portion of Scripture in uh, 1 Kings chapter 5, and it's where uh, King Hiram uh, sent his servants, or his ambassadors, ones that was representing his kingdom to Solomon after he heard about him uh, being uh, anointed as king and how they were working together. There was some interest that, you know, Solomon had in his workers. And, you know, uh, King Hiram also had some interest the other way. And so this is an example of what was done as far as being an ambassador. He was representing, they were representing their king, going and making gains, going and helping out, making alliances with uh, good folks, not terrible folks or bad folks. But in the same sense, we represent God here. We are here with a mission, we have a certain set of policies, and we have a we have the Bible, we have our set of rules, we have you know the the Word of God that leads us and guides us, and we go through this life, and our uh, we've been given a ministry of reconciliation, and for those who are lost and don't know Him, we are we are persuading them to be reconciled to Christ, reconciled to Christ. Now, just finish this portion of Scripture in First Kings. Uh, it says, and this is uh, verse 7 right here, when Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord today, who has given to David a wise son over this great people. So Hiram sent word to Solomon, saying, I have heard the message which you have sent uh, me. I will do what you desire concerning the cedar and the cypress timber. My servants will bring them down from Lebanon to the sea, and I will make them into rafts to go by sea to the place where you direct me, and I will have them broken up there, and you shall carry them away. Then you shall accomplish my desire by giving food to my household. So they're exchanging things. They have different, you know, interests that are being met. So Hiram gave Solomon as much as he desired of the cedar and the cypress timber. Uh, Solomon then gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20 cores of beaten oil. Thus Solomon would give Hiram year by year, uh, the Lord gave wisdom to Solomon just as he promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon and the two of them made a covenant. So I read that just to show, you know, just a, a agreement between uh, two good uh, entities, you know. Um, and so the agreement that we're here on as ambassadors for Christ is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring the gospel. We have something that this world needs. And if we're quiet and we're shut down, you know, because of being, you know, entangled by the affairs of this world, if we're so consumed by that, we're not fulfilling our mission. We can't be. And, you know, I, I want to go now to the, the, the main point uh, as we wrap up the show today. Uh, the Apostle Paul speaking in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, because this is where uh, we get this picture of being an ambassador for Christ. Now, we have already established that we are not from this world. We are not of this world. We are not, we're aliens and we're strangers, right? Our citizenship is in heaven, right? We are, are, are ones that are passing through. We are exiles in a foreign land, but we are here on mission. We are not to be distracted. We are not to be entangled by civilian affairs. We are soldiers in God's army. Right. So we've established that when you go to second Corinthians chapter five. And I'm just going to read it because this is the word of God. Love the word of God. Let's read it for we know that if the earthly if, if the earthly tent 
uh, which is our house, is torn down. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, if this house in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Isn't that the truth? That's what I'm talking about. This is not our home. This is just a, a earthly tent. It's an earthly tent that's going to be uh, brought down. But our dwelling place is in heaven, and we groan for that. We, we desire that. When we see the things happening in the news, we're like, man, Lord Jesus, come. And we're not escapists because we know we have a mission while we're here, but we're like, Lord, man, it's better to be with you. For we in, for indeed, in this house, we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage. So while we are living in this body, because of the mission that God has sent us on, because we've been captured by him, because we are in Christ, we are of good courage. We are of good courage. Because we know that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage. I say and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. So whether we're here working on our mission or whether we're with him, we, we want to be pleasing to him. Pleasing to him. What's pleasing to him? Not being entangled by civilian affairs. We said that already. That's pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, knowing the wrath of God is upon all who are not in him, since we as believers Know the wrath of God that is upon the unbeliever. We persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I, ho and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciousness. We are not, again, con commending ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. They may say you're crazy, but man, it's for the glory of God. The way that you live, don't jive with how they live. But look, it's for the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. That's who we live for. The love of Christ controls us. Man, look at those words. For the love of Christ controls us. 
having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him. This is the mission. This is the mission. We live for him. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. That old life that we lived has passed away, and now the new has come. Now all these things are from God. God made this possible. It wasn't anything that we did on our own. Nothing of the flesh. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us what? The ministry of reconciliation. So we've been reconciled to Christ and given a mission and given a ministry. If you're under the sound of my voice and you are in Christ, you have a ministry. You don't need letters behind your name. You don't have to have gone to this seminary. I'm about to say cemetery. You have to have gone to this seminary, this Bible college. You have a ministry of reconciliation. God has given you everything that you need to reconcile lost souls to him. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself first. So we've been reconciled through Christ. And then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. This is the mission, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So it's on, it's on our tongues. We speak the word of reconciliation. We, we tell them, you know, about God, about sin, about how Christ came. He died. He rose again. How there's salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. That they, can be, that they should be reconciled to Christ. Compel them to be reconciled to Christ. It's Christ that does the reconciling. They can't do anything on their own. Don't get me wrong. It's Christ who reconciles, but we persuade men. This is the mission. We are working on behalf of the kingdom of God. Not counting their trespasses against them. And he has, com- he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. What I say ambassadors, what are they? Generally speaking, an ambassador is a respected official acting as a representative of a nation. In our terms of a kingdom, the kingdom of God, sent to a foreign land. That's this earth right here where we live. The ambassador's role is to reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him authority. Our position is that only salvation through one name, the name of Jesus Christ. And that the wrath of God is on you. If you, you are dead in your trespasses and sins, but there's hope in Jesus Christ because he died. He died and rose again. And you can be saved. The ambassador for early Christian readers, an ambassador was someone who represented one state or land to another. We are representing the kingdom of God in this world. They were official representatives of the one who sent them and were therefore to be treated with utmost respect. Now, that's in a political sense. We won't be uh, treated with respect here because this world hated our master, the one that has sent us. So that's the difference. 
I'm reading a political definition, really. But the one, what we are sent here to do, God has given us the mission, and we are official representatives of him. And he already laid out for us that even in giving uh, the mission and even in carrying out the mission, they're not going to love us. But we carry it out nonetheless. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And here it is. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So think about this. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are sent here with a mission. We have a purpose. God has saved us, not so that we can warm pews and just sit in church, but we have a mission. All of us, if you're in Christ, you have been given a ministry of reconciliation. So a few questions, uh, really just a couple. How should we live considering that we all have a ministry from the Lord? How should we live? And we all are ambassadors representing the kingdom of God. How should we live? This, put, uh, this puts a higher responsibility on the way that we live our lives in front of a, a lost and dying world. Like we don't just do anything. We should not be hypocrites because we're representing the king of kings. We shouldn't be saying one thing and living out a different thing. Right? We should be about the Father's business because we are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives of Christ. This should shape our daily activity. Being an ambassador, being one who represents the kingdom of God, this should shape our daily activity. How we interact, interact with the lost. It should shape how we interact with the lost. It should shape and it should dictate to us how we read our Bibles. How we read our Bibles. It should have an effect on how we pray. If we know we are representing the King of Kings and we're, we're here on his behalf, that we have an have, have a open heaven, he hears us as we pray. So our prayers shouldn't be selfish prayers. Our prayers should be along the line of the mission that he has sent us on. God, empower me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit that men and women and boys and girls may be saved. How should this affect our prayers, knowing that we are ambassadors? How should we carry ourselves, knowing that we are ambassadors? Ambassadors, they had to carry themselves with respect and dignity. And it warranted a great decorum on the part of the ambassador, the sender, and the receiver. There's a way that we should be living as ambassadors for Christ. It should affect every portion of our lives. How we do everything. Because we're representing the King of Kings. We got to remember this in our daily lives. Every day who we're representing. It's a great responsibility. But it's one that's given to us nonetheless. This has been Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. But until then, God bless. <laughs>